It's time to light up a cigar and talk about business and cars. Are you ready to get the insider edge and pick up a few ideas that you can incorporate into your business today? Your host, Brandon Green, has 25 plus years in the automotive industry with 10 plus years owning his own business. Together with a diverse lineup of guests from all industries, he's asking the right questions to get you the answers you seek. By the way, I still have magazines to get to you from uh, the pictures at SEMA in 2019, I think. Oh, that'd be awesome, bro. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see yeah, so. We had some doing. I was writing some local articles and had the magazines come up. And oh, um, I was, yeah, I was supposed to send you some. And, well, then 2020 happened and it never yeah. got out the door. But I still have them and to get to you. So I will bring them to you. Well, I think I should, maybe I need to maybe I need to come out there so we can go get them. Uh, what is what those little things we got up there? Those uh, we went to that fancy restaurant. I can't remember their. Uh, oh, Carmines, yes. The ravioli, the fried ravioli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. We're we're uh, we got some good friends that we uh we go to Carmines quite a bit. Oh, nice. Whenever we can, yeah. That was mm-hmm. that was my first experience there, and yeah, it's it, Carmines is awesome. But oh, yes, man. really good place though. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So we kind of the good thing about it, though, is I had a lot of practice before that because of my other company. So I had literally I was watching it back in October of 19 when all this stuff was happening over in China. And I remember telling my guys, like, yo, something bad is going to happen. I said, this gets to America. It's going to be crazy. And I remember I literally had ordered the last container. I literally was one of the last containers of product that left before basically the world shut down. And so during the whole pandemic, you know, when we started, uh, you know, started doing face shields, like the whole industry started doing the face shields and things, um, you know, I was probably one of the only manufacturers that had a full warehouse. So I was still shipping to everybody that was still open and nobody had product except for me, which really worked out. So I got to gain a lot of market share in that situation and uh, get people that never used me before to use me. And it was really nice. And then, uh, yeah. So anyway, now, you know, after the, the face shield, you know, that was uh, an amazing thing. I think literally saved my life, man, because I definitely was in some really low moments. And uh, yeah, but, you, you know, you I, just Jeremy started that. You had him up yeah. there not very long ago. He was up there to yeah. visit you and stuff. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, me and Jeremy, man, we go. It's pretty interesting. We both, I'm, I knew. So Jeremy's kind of influenced me without him even inf- knowing that he did. But so I have a, a Mercedes SL. I think some guys know. And uh, so the cool thing about that SL, it's an 03 SL 500. And uh, so when CompuStar started doing really well, right? Uh, we we had finally broke a main in revenue. And uh, so I, again, didn't know anything about money. I was just like, oh my God, we're millionaires. You know, we broke a million dollars, you know? And uh, <laughs> anyway, Jason at the time, he was driving this like 90 Toyota Camry and it was like rusted, you know, piece of junk. And I was like, bro, you got to buy a new car, man. You know, you're a, we got a million dollar company now, man. This is serious, you know? And he starts, I'm not going to waste no money on a car. That's stupid, blah, blah, blah. I said, like, bro. So it's like for months, I'm bugging him about a car. <laughs> and uh, so finally the new SL, the 2003 SL came out. It was a new body style. This thing was like a spaceship. It was so crazy. 
And uh, anyway, after a couple of months, finally, he's like, fine, I'll buy a car. And I was like, all right, cool. How much are you going to spend? He said, I'll spend a hundred grand. So you think a hundred grand back in 03, that was a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's when the SL came out. So I found the SL, brought him the brochure. I was like, yo, fit your golf clubs. It's convertible, man. This thing is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I remember we had went down there and he bought this car. You know, it was one of the first ones in Alaska. It was AMG. I mean, badass. And oh, my God, this thing was like. I mean, out of this world. It was the most baddest it's car. It's a beautiful <laughs> fucking car. Yeah, I think it won car of the year that year. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, so the next year, that's when Compuster moved to Seattle. And then so he was literally the last person to leave. Everybody had moved down, all this stuff. I'm staying in Alaska by myself. And uh, that's like the last time I see the car, you know. And then anyway, so I fly down all the time to see those guys and do all kind of stuff. So around 2010, uh, Jason calls me up. And uh, it was right, I think 10 or 11, right after we won retailer of the year. And uh, he's like, oh, the company's doing really good. You know, I think it's time for a new car. So same question. All right, man, how much are you going to spend? You know, so now this time we're like, I'll spend a quarter million. I'll spend a quarter million this time. So now we're looking at Bentleys and Ferraris and all this cool stuff. Anyway, so we find this beautiful Bentley Continental Super Sport down in Georgia. It's like 195, something like that. Picks it up and then uh, ships it up to Seattle. And then he sends me this picture a couple of weeks later. And so it's his new house, the car, and him in front of it in the suit, you know? <laughs> nice. And so he's a Korean, yeah, he's a Korean guy. And I was like, oh, my God, man, I'm so proud of you. So, man, you like Korean James Bond, bro. You look awesome, you know? <laughs> You know, I'm just hyping them up. I'm just so excited because I remember where we came from, you know? Uh-huh. So anyway, I... Uh, I'm like, yo, what's up with the Benz? You should let me let me buy the Benz for me, keep it in the family, you know? And he's like, I don't know. Let me see if the Bentley's a, a good daily driver or whatever. All right, cool, whatever. I don't care. And then uh, anyway, like a month later, this cat sends me an email and he says, hey, I'm getting a Mercedes ready for Alaska. I'm getting all the services done. So I'm like, oh, uh, I was like, well, shit, how much you want for it, man? I don't, you know, I got to go to the bank. I don't, you know, I'm like broke. I ain't got no money. And then the next email, the next email, man, he wrote back and said, free so he gave me the car and I was like, oh, my God. Right. So it's so crazy. So I still have it. And, you know, I put like it's like immaculate. I've literally kept this thing in like the best condition you could keep a car in. Anyway, um, so the point back to Katz was Katz a long time ago built this very famous SL. OK. And it was one of the first ones. It was like a hundred thousand dollar install in this car. Okay, this thing was unbelievable. I could not believe. And I was like, who the heck's this guy, Jeremy Katz? Like, this guy's unbelievable. And I feel like he was so ahead of our time, so phenomenal that it was just crazy that I think when I saw that SL, it just blew me away. So that when Jason was like, I need to get a car, he's the only guy I knew that had any money. I was like, yo, you got to get an SL because (laughs) that, that install inspired me so much, right? So then the funny thing is a couple, maybe a couple months later, Jeremy built a Range Rover and the Range Rover, big body, uh, HSE did a crazy system, like another hundred thousand dollar system all over the covers of magazines and everything. And I, and I don't know, I think subliminally it was in my head. So when I started making some money, I had set a goal for myself at 30 that I wanted to make six figures and I wanted a Range Rover. And I figured out what I had to do to do that. So I was making six figures at 30 and then, um, and then on my birthday, my Range Rover got delivered from Chicago. We, we don't have a Range Rover dealership up here. Anyway, it was unbelievable, this Range Rover. And I think, again, it's Jeremy's fault that I bought this thing. And then <laughs> at, at the time, here's this. Here's the stupid part about being young with money was this car, the gas had went up to like six bucks a gallon up here. 
Okay. Yeah. So this, and it's like, this thing is heavy. It's terrible on gas mileage. So I was paying, I think with the car payment and gas, I was spending over 2000 a month on this thing. And the condo that I was living in, the condo, that's the stupid part. The condo I was living in, I uh, was paying $8.95 a month for it. So I got $2,000 a month sitting outside. Didn't even have a carport because my girl had the carport. So my $2,000 a month Range Rover sitting outside in my $895 a month condo. I was like, okay, I'm an idiot. I'm never going to do that again. Like, how stupid is that? <laughs> I was like, that's a, that's hood rich. You know, I was hood rich, you know? So, um, Anyway, uh, so that's my cat story. So anyway, years later, we go to Sonus uh, for their, their uh, what was it? Not Spartan training. What was it called? Uh, was it Spartan training? I should, I can't remember. Anyway, went to Sonus yeah. and uh, whatever the training was. And then I then Katz was the guest speaker. And I was like, oh, my God, this is Jeremy that was, Katz. That was the one I met you at, I think. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. when I met uh, Sean from Canada. You know, he's doing all the aluminum in that. Oh, yeah, Camaro. yep, same one. Yeah. Like all, like all the heavy hitters were. Uh, Tony Diamore was there teaching us all the electronic stuff. Yep. Yeah, yep. it was it was so cool. But I remember I, I told Cats the same thing. You know, me and him were sitting down one day. He was eating a salad, of course, because you know he's in such good shape. And uh, I was eating a cheeseburger or something. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I said, you know, man, me and you are going to be really good friends, man. And he was like, what? I don't know. Well, you know, he's all tough Boston guy. Yeah. But anyway, you know, yeah, Katz is uh, he's become my brother. And yeah, for he basically uh, we mean so he has a company called JK Tapes, and and I have a warehouse in Dallas. So the way that we work together, and I wanted to help him with his business, was I said, hey, you know what? My brother-in-law works for me. He runs a warehouse. Uh, you can use my warehouse and you can use my guy, my guy, Eddie, to ship your stuff, too. So we can ship everything central. So literally JK Tapes and Soundshield are in the same warehouse, shipped by the same guy. And then, you know, so Katz has got really close to my family. So he's family to everybody now. And yep. uh, yeah, so I had flown my whole family. Well, most of my family up to Alaska for our big Christmas event for our other companies. And Katz wanted to surprise us in Dallas. He thought we we're going to be in Dallas, but I was like, "No, nah, man, we're all in Alaska." So he's like, "All right, I'm coming to Alaska then." So <laughs> he, uh, he came up for the Christmas party because he wanted to see everybody. And then it was crazy. We had this like record-breaking snowfall, two blizzards, all this crazy <laughs> cold. So this dude didn't know what was going on, man. I mean, like, like you know, three or four feet of snow in one night, basically. It is just insane. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Katz is is definitely family and just an amazing guy. Yeah, we do a lot of stuff together. So, yeah. So fast forward to now, man. You know, we. Uh, I want to say since I've had perfection, I've been a perfectionist. I was calculating it this year. We've done uh, like forty-five million in revenue over since I've been here, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, Sound Chill. We have some really amazing plans for that. I have a couple other companies that I do, and. You know, I'm 46 now, so I've been, like I said, going into my 24th year of perfectionist. And now everything of my my uh, forward momentum, forward planning, you know, is 50, right? 50 is the next big, big uh, number. Yep. So, you know, my thing is, you know, we're getting older. We got to think differently. So now it's more making sure all my people are set up good. Everybody's set up the right way, things like that. So, um, So really, it's just kind of finding ways to create revenue and help others in the company create businesses. So me and Aaron actually have a business together, um, working with my other employees to help them because ultimately, you know, every employer, not I should say every employer, but the worst thing I remember when I was an employee was when people would say uh, everybody's replaceable. 
you know, and yes. again, which, which is true. Right. But then I said, OK, I said, everybody's replaceable, but it's your job to be irreplaceable. And I think it, everybody that's ever worked, there's a moment that you get and not everybody gets it. But there's this moment when you find your irreplaceable date, when you're so valuable to the company, it's like make it impossible for me to fire you. You know, and if you think about that, it's hard for a lot of people. But if they have the mindset where like if Jason didn't kind of encourage me that I could potentially be an owner one day, then what would be the motivation for me to work so hard? You know, because honestly, I tell you, there's this this moment when I when Marcel came to Alaska, he came to my shop, I flew him up here and I said, I need you to look at my business. And at the time, here's a crazy thing. We were doing over a million in revenue and I was paying myself 60,000 a year salary. Because I was scared to take the money out of the company because I've been broke so long. I was scared to touch the company. I was like, no, I want the company to be strong. And when he saw my books and saw all this stuff, he was like, dude, what are you doing? You need to pay yourself more. And I was like, ah, I'm good. I, I've, I've adjusted my lifestyle. I live in a little condo. I drive a used car. You know, I got a little scooter. Like, I'm good. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he goes, bro, you got to change your mindset, man. And uh, so he said, I want you to give yourself a raise right now. And I said, uh, okay, what do you think? And he said, 100000 a year. And I'm like, what? I was like, no, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm, I can't do that. I don't want to do that to the company. And he's like, you're going to do that right now. And so why he said there, I, I gave myself a $40,000 raise and uh, it was kind of crazy, but you know, nothing happened. It didn't hurt the company. You know, it made my life obviously much better, you know, much more me and my yeah. lady could travel more. We could do more stuff. So I feel like any business that I help out with or anything that I start, you have to, you have to get paid. You know, a lot of people I talk to and up to this day, a lot of businesses, the owners, they, they have that same mindset that I have and then they work for free. You know, I'm, I'm a victim of that, you know, yeah. absolutely. I've, I've been, I remember when I came to your shop, I was yelling at you too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Hey dude, do this hey, shit. Yeah. What are you doing? You know? So, because ultimately, if you think about a business that like, if you're doing a half a million a year in revenue and, and I'm talking to retail, I'm not talking like online business because the overhead's so different, but a, a real retail brick and mortar business with people, if you're doing half a million a year, there's just not enough revenue in there, enough cash left over to really, you know, you basically bought your job, you know? Yeah. And I feel like even, even realistically up to like, I feel like if you can get to the million, which should be everybody's goal. You got to break that million dollar in revenue. Mm-hmm. That's when there's some money there and you can actually have a little better lifestyle. Like, like realistically, you shouldn't be paying a car payment. You shouldn't be paying insurance. You shouldn't be paying for gas. You know, at least one meal a day should be literally your company should be paying for it. And what that does for us, if you think about it, at the end of the day, especially guys that have been in business for a long time, you know, what's the end game? You know, the end game is realistically, yeah, freedom, you know, and we have to create revenue streams. You know, I've never been a great saver, you know. I'm not a great saver because I like to use cash. Yeah, you know, I like to use the cash. So what we got to figure out is ways to always replenish that cash. So what's your life cost you? You know, your life, let's say your life costs you 10000 a month. You know, that's a house payment, car payment, taking your wifey out, buying whatever you want to buy. So yep. in my head, I need to create 20000 a month in revenue for me. I need to bring home 20,000 a month because I have security and I can do whatever I want to do. You know, when I was younger, I was like, I got to make a million dollars. I got to have a million dollars in the bank. But really, you know, in the big picture of business, I mean, realistically, if I gave you a million dollars and you were like, okay, I'm going to, and it was in your business, how fast could you expand and get tooling and all kinds of stuff 
and blow through the million. I mean, Easily. Yeah, you Easily. Get, you get, yeah, you get a couple CNCs, that's 300 grand right there. You know, I mean, but it personally, if you start looking at your business in a sense to think, okay, if we can get rid of so much debt on a personal side and we have so much cash flow coming in every month, that's freedom. Because realistically, how much does your life cost? You know, and at the end of the day, you know, if you could like my ultimate goal for myself, I would love and, you know, I'm working on it and I've had some months where I'm pretty close, but, you know, I want to make 50,000 a month. You know, I met this uh, uh, GM that he ran the big Chevy dealership, you know, the Chevy dealership does 80 million a year, something like that. And he's making a half a million a year. And I was like, wow, this dude makes a half a million a year. That's crazy. <laughs> and he was like, man, he was dressed sharp, nice watch, you know, just didn't have no worries. So I felt like, okay, well, you know, if if I can do that, okay, you know, what can I do? So every business I create, I try to think in my head, if I can create $180,000 salary, right? Take 60,000 away for taxes. That leaves us with 120. That's 10,000 a month. So let's yep. create five businesses. Now that doesn't look so crazy. That's 50,000 a month, you know? So for me, that's, that's the trajectory. It's, it's basically thinking, how can we create that? And in turn, the mindset and infrastructure we get, now we pass it along to our other people. And if everybody works at the shop because they love to build cars and they don't have to worry about bills anymore, they don't have to worry about stuff because we have you know, passive income coming in, man, everybody works happier because money is the stressor of all stressors. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So if we can sit there and think, okay, well, how much money do I really need? You know, like some people, if you could take home 10000 a month, man, that that's life life changing money right there. Yes, but the absolutely. Reality, yeah, the reality is, man, this is the best time in the world to make money. You know, there's so much money out there. There's so many plans. There's so much shit. You know, yeah. I mean, you can literally go go on Alibaba, find a find a, a pan. You go on Amazon and you sell this pan on Amazon that ships from Alibaba, and you can be the middleman and you're making money. I mean, there's so many things out there, you know, that absolutely. You know, yeah, it's amazing. So so that's kind of on the path I'm on. You know, I want to create I want like Soundshield to be a global brand. I'm really I really got some great, uh, you know, plans and momentum that's happening with it that I feel like it's going to be something like that. You know, I'm not giving up on that. We are expanding into Europe. You know, we're already expanding into other places. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like for me. Perfectionist is really at this point of like, if we don't, we can't do more of this, you know, we, yeah. we just can't work on more cars. So with the revenue that we do, Perfectionist, you know, it's a multi-million dollar store. And the crazy thing, it's a multi-million dollar store in a city of 300,000 people, you know, and we're as far away as you can be from the rest of the country. So what's the difference in other shops? And that's the thing, you know, that's the magic, you know, whatever people got to figure out, that's the magic, yep. you know, but that- Absolutely. That's our job to figure out. So remember the value equation. So if we look at the value equation and we think about, okay, how can we strengthen this pain, this effort, this sacrifice, and the time delay, if we can get the market faster, then we're going to have more clients and be happier. And remember the Cirque du Soleil analogy, you know, every first time the experience, if think about this now, what's our, be our, be our own customer going to be like now, you know, that's going to make us world-class and that's the goal. Well, everybody already knows perfectionist is definitely world class. We know that. So. Thank you, man. appreciate that. <laughs> I meant to actually. I tell you what, um, Robert sent me a, a hoodie. I got a, a hoodie from Alaska. Oh, I nice. meant to wear. I meant to wear it today, 
specifically <laughs> for this show, and I went and forgot. Oh, uh, and, and by the way, I got to find out where you have those done because my they're God, nice, right? yeah, they're freaking awesome. Yeah, I, so I nice. love it. He sent yeah. me one. I'm like, oh yeah, this is. I I, I need one of these. It's also hot as shit. Down yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Alaska, we got to get them a little warmer, but yeah, the material on it is so good and yeah, they're really high end. Oh, yeah, they are amazing. So, and a little another thing. So, everybody, if you want a great hoodie, order one of those from uh, Perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, wow, it's knowing some of your story and everything kind of going through this. I, you know, I, you were obviously. You lived it. You know how to tell this and everything. And all this has been awesome. And so I just wanted to sit back and, you know, let you tell some of this. Obviously, I know, you know, we're friends and I've been around for a while and seen it. But I think this is probably one of the best damn episodes I've ever done because, I mean, it's just real and telling, you know, some of the stuff you went through, but also some of the the wins and everything as well. And um Again, that's <laughs> I, I don't know what to say too much because holy shit, you know, this is why I've, I've always wanted you on here because you've literally taken some stuff that was really doing shitty, to be honest, mm-hmm. and made something badass out of it over and over again. So what's kind of one of those lessons throughout all that, say somebody's uh, starting or somebody's struggling or something like that, or talk to me or whatever, you know, like I'm still struggling to get to that you know, seven figure mark or stuff like that. What's something that you'd be like, Hey, dumbass, do this. I mean, um, you, you talked about, you know, your analogies and the uh, scale and everything. Maybe, maybe that would be the best one. I don't know. But what, what do you think? You know, what, what's uh? I think that, the, you know, I had a, a really good friend of mine ask me one time, he literally was like, John, what does it take to be, you know, be like you, what do you, what do I got to do to get to this level? And, uh, you know, I literally told him, I said, listen, man, you know, this this is something to where I, I sometimes I post always on the clock. You know, the number one thing you have to do is invest in you. You you like me and you, you know, sometimes we got a good book. We send each other a good book to read. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, have, you have to invest in you. When I started at Perfectionist, um, I really didn't have a really a mentor, you know, kind of type of thing. So when my kids were little, uh, one big thing I would do is I would go to Barnes and Noble, take the kids on a weekend. Like we would, you know, have my three daughters and they would go to the kids section and pick out a book. And then I would go to the business section. And I would think, what did I suck at this week? You know, was it time, time management that I suck at leadership that I suck at the sales that I suck? Like, what did I suck at? And I would find a book that hit that. And then I would uh, literally, you know, me and the girls would go home and they would do their kid stuff and I would read a book a week. So I did that for a couple of years, man. So I literally have hundreds of books at my house of all the different books. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just you get a paragraph out of it. But that one paragraph could be the shift, you know. And ultimately, another thing I think is, is go into your local best restaurant, best business, best pizza place, best steakhouse, whatever it is. Sit in a corner and look at the business. What is happening? What what is the difference there? You know, so it's like, like I said, be your own customer. So you got to think about there's like Carmine's. Like, what is it about Carmine's that brings you back and back and back? And you got to think that, you know, it's the same thing for us. So when I started here, I had a certain client. And let's say it was grandpa. Then he brought his son. And now I got the third generation coming in with his dad, you know, because it's the consistency of those things. You go to Carmine's because it's consistent. You go there because it's this makes sense. This makes sense. So ultimately, it's 
you got to have the foresight and know kind of like what's this vision you see of your business. And then you got to sit there and be real. you got to be real with yourself. Bring a girlfriend in, bring your wife in, look at it and be like, would you shop here? Does this make sense? What is the meatball that makes you special? You know, you got to have your own meatball. You got to have your own special sauce that does it. So honestly, with perfectionist being kind of the shithole of the Northwest, I honestly say that is that and I couldn't get any brands. No, no manufacturers wanted to hook up with me because our shop was shit. Three hundred thousand a year in revenue. Now, you know, now we do three hundred thousand a month in revenue, you know, and uh, you got to think that. You know, all we had was service. So it's funny in my classes that I teach sometimes, I'm like, you got to make love to the customer, you know, and people laugh about it and they think it's a joke, but I'm dead serious. I'm like, you got to love every single person that came in and gave you a chance. You know, you have to be responsive. If they leave a review, don't just say, oh, great, I got a review. Respond to the review. They took time to write it to you. You know, if someone says something nice, you know, you just you have to make people feel like, man, thank you for coming in here and choosing me to spend your money with. And then make them part of the business. You know, I take every client, we take them in the bay, we show them the bay. You know, I have these beautiful VIP cards with hanging on the mirrors. And the first thing it says is, welcome to the perfectionist family. And it has my signature on every one of them. Because yeah. you are family now. Because now I want to know about your kids. I want to know what's going on. I want to know the struggles. Because ultimately, if you're not involved with the community, then you have no business. Because without the community, there's no business. So I, I definitely am part of a lot of charitable things in town. I sponsor any kid that comes in. You know, you get your name out there. People start getting this uh, top of mind awareness and they start saying, wow, this guy's part of the community. You know, obviously, when the face shield thing happened, you know, a lot of big cities have multiple guys. But in Alaska, it was me and one other guy doing face shields and he was 3D printing his and I was doing mine by hand. So yeah. my laser, I'd cut out the head, headbands all day long. And then and while that was cutting uh, those uh, laser nose out, I was in a wood shop, literally routing, routering every single face shield by hand. Yeah. Yep. You know, so I finally got, I got about 800 in and I finally figured out how to make a jig and then I could do 10 at a time. And I was like, oh my God, it only took me 800 to figure out how to make a jig, you know? <laughs> so um, anyway, um, sorry, brother. <laughs> no, sorry, wor- no, no sorry. worries. They were closing down, so they started vacuuming right by my door. I was like, oh. <laughs> anyway, um, so in the gist of it, in the big picture, like I said, with the, the face shields, um, I know most of us, I will hopefully, you know, everybody, every one of us were just giving them, giving them away, donating them yeah. to it because, it was, and, uh, you know, so by, I think a lot of people, like even to this day, I'll be in restaurants or at the airport or something, and people are like, yo, aren't you the guy that made those face shields? And I was like, yeah, they're like, man, dude, you, my mom works at the hospital or my sister works there, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, uh, you know, it was I would manufacture all day long and then I would assemble all night. And it was one of those things where I'd be here till like two or three in the morning every night, gave me purpose. And then I would get like, you know, maybe seventy five hundred face shields done a night. I ended up doing uh, almost two thousand face shields by hand. And, uh, you know, all the guys at the CNC's and all that crap. I was like, man, forget y'all. I got the stripes, you know, I earned them. <laughs> but but those type of things, you know, it's so many combinations. You have to invest in you. You have to educate yourself. So which means, you know, it's just like when we started installing, you know, I think any good fabricator, you know, it's not nine to six. You know, you get off of work and you're still reading car magazines. You're, you know, looking at this, you're buying tools. You know, I mean, how many uh, how many Christmases did you get tools for Christmas? You know, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. You're like, wait, what do you need? You need I need, I need draw. You're like, I need draws, I need socks and I need tools. That's what I need. <laughs> you know, I get my work. So anyway, I feel like 
I think at the end of the day, it's just passion. You you have to become a master of your craft. I read that uh, it takes 10,000 hours to be considered a professional. Yes, sir. Okay, so you take the formula 40 hours a week. That's uh, in 52 weeks, that's 2,080. So it's 2,080 hours a year. Okay. And then, so you look at like a journeyman uh, plumber or whatever, they have to work five years. So five times two, that's 10,000 hours before they're kind of considered a professional. Now you've had your shop for 13 years. You know, I've had my shop for 24 years. And then you think I've been in the industry for 33 years. So take that 33 times the, the 2,080, but when do we ever work 40 hours a week? Hey, never. The 12 volt installer, I feel like, is the most phenomenal person because we're we're electrical, mechanical, woodworker, welder, painter, upholsterer, and customer service. Like who else does that? Nobody else does that. No, nobody. Yeah. Absolutely. So if we didn't have passion and truly want to be the best at our craft, then you know, then we're not going to be successful. But I feel like for a guy to to truly have it, you have to be able to exude a passion and you have to invest in yourself. And me, I feel like I'm constantly literally uh, just got off the phone with Marcel today, flew to Canada because I needed to get my ass kicked. And I was like, I need to come down there. And he, we went through the books, we went through stuff and, and we got a plan. He kicked my, he kicked my ass again today. And uh, you know, the biggest thing is don't be the biggest person in your circle, be the smallest. You know, That's- if you look, yeah. So uh, Nipsey Hustle, some of you guys may know, some of you may not, but he had this amazing quote. I love it. And he said, uh, if you look around at the at your circle and you guys aren't talking about investing, health, you know, anything positive, doing positive things, family, love, things like that. You're not in a circle. You're in a cage. And I was like, damn, that's deep. You know, so ultimately, yeah. when I go to see Marcel, I'm the I'm the I'm the lowest level on the ladder. I'm the number one rung. And I love that because, man, you know, all these guys hang around with $100 million guys. You know, two of my mentors have $100 million companies. And I'm telling you right now, when you go from, you know, a million dollar mindset to a hundred million dollar mindset. Wow. I mean, it's it's a whole nother ballgame, you know. So, oh, yeah. So you so investing in yourself is just, you know, literally. You know, every aspect of it. everything has to drive you crazy. Walk through the showroom. What's your showroom look like? Look at the bathrooms. Experience what your customer experience is, you know, and then get some get some badass friends. Get some people that are just, you know, you've got to change your circle. When my daughter was going to college, she wanted to be a neurologist, but she was hanging around dental hygienists. And I said, honey, you can't hang out with dental hygienists. you got to hang out with neurologists. you got to hang out with the doctors you want to be like. So same thing for us. If we're going to go from shop owners to business people, we need to hang out with business people. And I tell you what, brother, the way some of these big companies scale, when they go from first year, half a million, second year, three million, third year, 15 million, and they go and go and go. And you hear about these 300, 400, 500 million dollar valuations. The big companies do it way different than we do it, man, because we still think with this. These guys, they think with this. And the world that we live in with the internet and all these things, man, it's, it's we got to create something different. You know, we got to be different so we can live this freedom that we want. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know I've I've got, uh, you know, coaches and mentors and things I've, I've dealt with the, as well. And once you see another side of things, you're like, holy shit, you know, our little industry, quote unquote, little industry is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at it and then you see all these things that everybody else is doing and. Um, what's possible, 
I, th- yeah, I think I'm that's gonna... a huge thing is seeing what's possible. When you see that, you're like, well, a hundred million dollars is obviously attainable. Other people are doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, give, so, you, give, you, give you a great example. I mean, have you been to CES? Like not recently, but back in the day, have you gone to CES? Yeah. Years ago, okay. I went. And even if you went to CES now, to think about how small the 12-volt footprint is at CES compared to home audio. Yeah, nothing. I mean, yeah, home audio, it is unbelievable how much money goes into home audio, uh-huh. you know. But think about that client, though. You know, that's like their, this could be their forever home or whatever, $100,000 home theaters. Or, you know, now it's not even unheard of to hear like half a million, million-dollar home theaters. And that's just one one thing, you know. But when you start looking at like uh, – you know, one of the companies uh, that I know about is a candy company that they, you know, it's a candy company. But realistically, how many people eat candy? You know, Every, everyone, so, everybody. So right there, going now from the home audio customer to candy customers, you have millions and millions and millions of people. So the number one thing I always think about is like, look at McDonald's. Everybody got a McDonald's in their town. What's the sign say? Billion served daily. Yeah. Think about that. The crazy thing about a billion, if you started counting right now, it would take you like 11 or 12 days to count to a million. But to count to a billion, it would take you 31 years to count to a billion. So think about that. That's how big a billion is. So then you think about is McDonald's serves billions a day. Let's say they deserve one billion a day, which would be an eighth of the planet, which is realistic. And they sell it for one dollar. How much are they making? They're making a billion a day. But when do you ever spend one dollar at McDonald's? You know, never, no, yeah. never. So we got to think differently like that. What is our cheeseburger that's going to be our thing, you know, because it's a consumable, you know, so that's the idea. So when you're thinking about business in your big picture, you know, like at your shop, how many cars can you fit in your new shop you got? Um, the shop up here, we can get seven, seven shops, so seven cars in the shop. You open five days a week or six days, a week? five, five days a week. So let's say you have a perfect attendance and that's 35 cars a week. Right. So we're at 140 a month. So that's 1400. That's, uh, you know, what, like 1500 cars a year. Right. And that's in a perfect world. That's if everything's leaving the same day and it's booked every day. So and we have business, the guys to work on it. Yeah. So your business has an X number of this is the maximum revenue ever possible at this efficiency. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So that's yes. what we got to start thinking. So that's the limitation. That's your cap. So if you don't start expanding outside of that cap and thinking differently, then this is it. This is all we're going to ever do. It's like a restaurant. That's why I said you go to Carmine's. How many tables are in Carmine's? How many people can they sit there? How many turns do they do a night? And then at the efficiency of it, is it fully booked every single night? Probably not. Right. Yeah. So in a perfect world, we say we got this cap, but the reality is, is we're here, you know, because of efficiency and different things. So if we don't start thinking outside of that, thinking, okay, I need to create something different. So your nine to five is your life. But then you got six to midnight that's creating the the freedom, you know. Yes. Yep. And if you get on a different mindset and you're global, then really you're sometimes working till three or four because now we're working on different time zones. So my mindset, I'm I'm different time zones because I'm global. You know, I'm a I'm a retailer, I'm a manufacturer, I'm a wholesaler, and an international distributor. Yeah. You know. So I have to think about all these different things so I can create this different revenue so I can hit my goal of what I want to do. But at the same side, I'm bringing my team with me and I say, we got to create another business. We got to create this because, I, you know, you never want to sit at the table by yourself. It's way more fun if all your friends are at the table with you, you know? 
Absolutely. Yes. And that's how, that's that's my lifestyle. I don't I don't really care about money in the sense of because I've been broke way longer than I had money, you know. So my thing is like I hate money, but I love what money can do for you. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can help so many people. You know, there's so many things you can do with it that makes you fulfilled inside. And I remember when we were younger, you know, they had like, you remember like when they had uh, no fear on the back of the cars, that cool sticker. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I remember that phase in life. It was always he who dies with the most toys wins, but I feel like now it's he who dies with the most people at his funeral wins. Uh So what what are you doing to impact the earth? So I feel like if you want success, you have to give to get, but don't give in the sense of, Oh, I'm going to get something back. You got to give out of your heart. Like, you know, how I travel around and I go to people's shops and I try to help them out. I never ask anybody for nothing. I'm just like, yo, let's just go eat dinner. You know, let's go do something. But, you know, if I can add value to that, then to me, that's the blessing for me, you know? So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like I've I've seen and heard, and I know you've heard this, you know, kind of, I think I said this with the podcast last week with James, you know, once you're a leader, you know, you're when you're leading something, then that's when it's time to serve. I mean, that's you're serving people. You're not quote unquote, they're following you. It's, it's you, they are, but at the same time, it's your job to improve yourself and also help improve them and serve them and bring them along with you. Well, you know, my barber, he told me this great thing one time. He literally told me that we're so blessed and that, you know, it's, it's a God given gift that our brains are what they are. And actually I heard today it was awesome was the position that we're in. So Brandon, the position you're in, the position I'm in, anybody listening to this that's in business or whatever we are, position is a privilege. Yes. And I thought, wow, that's so deep, man, because it is. It's, you know, the reality is, is I was born in Iran. My mom went to labor and air and we had emergency land in Iran. So I was born in Iran. It's still on my passport. It gives me trouble anytime I leave the country. <laughs> and, then, uh, and I'm not Iranian, obviously. Um, went back to Thailand. My mom was really young, so she put me up for adoption. Came to America. My biological dad took every single piece of paper that had my existence after he got me in and took it and basically burned everything up. Because wow. he was cheating on his wife and I was the love child. So he didn't want no one to know about me. So now I'm an illegal alien. I have to get a green card. And I got my citizenship when I was 13 years old, went to high school. I dropped out of high school. I went back, went to college, got my diploma, didn't get a GED, got a diploma, never went to college, but built a multi-million dollar business. You know, and like I said, just the perfections, we've done 45 million in revenue. Not many shops can say that. And the thing about it is, is that it's a privilege because my mom could have left me in Thailand, you know, and in Thailand, I could be on the farm. I could be look just like me, but be speaking Thai in a whole other place. But, you know, God blessed me and let me come to America. And, you know, I got to, you know, build, build this and meet amazing people. And I tell you, the biggest thing I hate is when people say self-made, oh, I'm self-made. Hell no, man. Nobody on this planet is self-made because you have a team, you know, and that's the biggest thing. So whenever I see someone say that, oh man, self-made, self-made, I'm like, no, man, because somebody had to ship your product. Somebody had to check the customer out. Somebody yes. had to do something. Yeah. So, so when I heard that today, position this position is a privilege. I was like, damn. I mean, that that's so deep right there because a lot of times I think we forget that. You know, we're we're blessed, man. Like Brandon, you think you're going into your twelfth year? Most businesses fail in the first three to five years. 
Yeah. You know, and you got a great life. I see you traveling. You got beautiful family. Your wife loves you. You know, I mean, I knew you when the beard was like pretty short, you know, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you knew me when I didn't even have this. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, <laughs> it, was like, it was like nothing going on, you know. So so to see your growth and see how much you invest in yourself, man, it's it's amazing to me as well. You know, so that's the privilege. We're, we're blessed to be where we are. And that's why all the stuff we have is not ours. We have to give it away. So helping your fellow people, helping, you know, your employees get to those goals. Like, you know, really, the really, the reality is, is I got one of the smallest houses in my company because, you know, it's just me. I don't need a big old 5,000 foot house and all this crazy stuff. So my employees see that, you know, I'm not just taking all the money and I'm just, you know, like Scrooge, you know, and all this keeping it all. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm with you guys, too. Now, granted, yeah, I probably have more money in the bank than all these guys, but I constantly am talking to them about money. I show them the numbers. I show them what we got to do. I give bonuses. Yeah. I say, do this with your money. Hey, let's start a business. What do you want to do? So Aaron, which I love about the guy's 33. He owns three, three houses, three properties. All his cars are paid off. I mean, what a blessing. You know, at 33, I was not even thinking about that kind of stuff. I was an idiot yeah. at 33. You know, so. <laughs> Me so, too. <laughs> yeah, most of us, right? And I sit down and go, this guy is so smart. You know, like, I never have to worry about him thinking about money. I never have to worry about anything with him because he's so he's so good. But I know that something I tell my everybody that's around me, I said, the day you quit learning from me, you should quit. You should go find a new job. But the beautiful pressure of that for me as the owner is I have to push myself and learn all the time. You yes. know, yeah. So, so you know what I'm going to learn how to do this year? I'm going to learn how to change tires because it's the only job in the shop. I don't know how to use a tire machine. So I told everybody at our annual breakfast, I said, hey, I want you to teach me how to change tires because it's the only job I don't know how to do here. So my guys are, all right, go grab the practice room. So he's going to teach me how to start breaking tires off and putting tires on. And, and I'm super excited about it because... I've always said I can do any job in the shop, but now there's one I can't do. But even at 46, making the money I make and do the things that I do, man, I love getting dirty, you know, like, um, you know, I just got the new exhaust from my NSX and I'm, you know, I can't wait to throw it on a rack and rip my whole car apart and put it on myself. You know, I'm not going to pay a shop to do it. That's yeah. how this shop got here because we did our own stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. So anyway, I think that, uh, you know, I feel like perfectionist success is because I'm I'm one of I'm one of the people. I'm my own customer. You know, I still work hard. I get dirty. I love it. I love people. I love building. I love tuning. I love everything. You know, so that's and, my and, yeah. And you kind of made this point a little bit, but you know, you give back. I mean, like you were saying, you, you'll if I asked, said, "Hey, John, you want to come down and check out the shop and hang out for a day or two and tell me what I need to work on stuff like, I mean, you're, you're the type of guy that's there, you know, and, and we'll take care of the people that, you know, quote unquote, take care of the people that will help take care of you as well. But, you know, you're, you're always a person that's um, number one, inspiring, like I said, at the beginning mm -hmm. of this, but also you're always one willing to help. So Thank it's, you, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I am, I am proud to call you a friend, you know, because I, I get to uh I get to see some things that not everybody gets to and get to learn some things that not everybody gets to as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty damn cool. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, man. And it's, you know, it's been a journey, man. And I, I love it. I love to, I love our industry. I love like meeting everybody. I love, you know, anybody that I can help. I always say, you know, your success is my success. And it's, it's like, you know, I can't tell you how many calls I've gotten from shops or different people I've talked to to like, yo, man, I, 
I can pay the rent this month. We're going to stay in business or, you know, Hey, we, after that stuff you taught me with accounting, I found like $15,000 that I didn't even know where it was at, you know? And it's like, that's the success, you know, the success is this industry being amazing. You know, at one point uh, in Anchorage, I had probably like four, about four of my guys, you know, over time they had left and started their own shops. And you know how that goes. It's kind of like, ah, oh, what a joke. But you know what? They, some of them are still in business. And the biggest thing I would do is I would go to their shop and I literally would look them in the face. And I said, I need you to be better. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was like, bro, I said, even though you're my competition, I need you to be better because let's say, you know, Crystal walks into a, the shop the first time. She's never been in a 12-volt shop. And this yep. is a shithole. That, we may lose that person for the whole industry forever. So I need you to be better because this person could be in our industry forever. We need to keep that. So being like the person I am and teaching the people the way I teach them, I created my own competition. But at the same side, it's like, okay, I'm because if you think about it, I really believe this. A true champion invites competition. Yes. Right. Because you can't be the king if you're never if you're never defending anything. So it's one of those things where is okay if, if perfectionist is as good as I think it is, and we win best of Alaska every year, and we win this, and we win this, and we win this, and and then the first time I get a competitor come up and I get so mad and I throw a fit and I'm so upset about it, am I really the king? You know, not really. Yeah. But if I'm sitting there like, oh, good, okay, well we got to sharpen our sharpen our knives a little bit, sharpen the swords up, let's check everything, and then we say, oh, you know what? Here's a couple of cracks in the in the foundation. Let's fix that. And then we improve and then we win again, then I don't have to say anything. You know, perfectionist talks. I don't I'm I'm the king because I don't have to speak. If I'm always, you know, what I, what I learned a long time ago, I had uh probably back in like 2005. Yeah, I was really, it was really tough, you know, and I feel like I couldn't translate this message to my staff. So the problem was every day I had to come and say, I'm the boss, you have to listen to me. I'm the boss, you gotta listen to me. Yeah. But was I really the boss? I wasn't the boss because I had to tell them I'm the boss. You know, so I was a terrible leader and I was a terrible boss. And and literally the whole entire staff, six guys, seven guys, literally all quit on the same day and walked out the shop. So then I realized that's that thing. Three fingers pointing back. Yeah. You know, that was the problem. So at that point, I said, OK, I got to change the way I'm doing this. So I changed my leadership style, changed the way I looked at things. And then now I walk in, I don't have to say anything. They know the boss is in the house now, you know, because now I, the way that I lead, the way that I teach, the way that I take care of my people, my kingdom is safe, you know, and even the competitors, when competitors come over here, they always are very respectful because they know, hey, we're not going to hurt. We're not going to talk bad about your business. We're never, we'll help you with this. We'll help you with that, whatever it is, because Again, if you're if you're pure and you're loving and you're coming from the best place possible, then you don't have to hide anything. You know, it's like uh, I heard this great quote: um, "The best thing about you know the best thing about the truth is you don't have to remember the truth. Yes, you only have to remember lies. So think about that. You know, so if you're talking bad about people and you're this and this and that, most of the time it's your own insecurity and it's how you feel about yourself. But when you really feel good and your shop is the best it possibly can be, like your new store is beautiful. I love it. I love the racks. I love the floor, everything. I I haven't even seen it and I know it's a really <laughs> good upgrade. But think about that. You don't have to lie about that. You don't have to. If you know when a client walks in your place, this is like, man, this is our best foot forward at this moment right now. And we're going to love you and you're going to get a great job. Mm -hmm. You know, And that's it. That's it. That's the magic. That's the secret sauce. 
you, you don't got to remember the truth, man. You just be your own customer and love everybody. That's it. I love that, man. That mm. is awesome. And uh, shit, we're pushing two hours. We're killing it. I know. I just saw that, man. That's good. This yeah. is this is awesome, man. I Thanks. Yeah. Like I said, since I even was considering doing this podcast thing, I always knew I was like, I, I need John on. I, I got to get mm. him on here at some point in time, which we both got busy or conflicts and schedule, but man, we made it happen. Yes, this, sir. Has been, this has been awesome. And mm-hmm. of course, you are always welcome to come to St. Louis and hang out and you can come here and yell at me as well. I'm okay with that. <laughs> good. Always good to get your ass kicked every once in a while. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So I tell you what, let's wrap this one up. Yes, sir. You always have a open invitation to come back on anytime, whether you want to or not, you're going to come back. So <laughs> we're going to be good friends. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, all right. With that said, we'll wrap up the, the the little final detail stuff that everybody sees and hears and whatever. Of course, uh, our uh, cigar sponsor, Vidnova Cigars, because this is Business Cards Cigars. Uh, be sure and check them out. They just launched their website today, I seen. So now you can order them online and get a fabulous cigar from my buddy Oliver, who was on a few weeks ago. And, of course, the car iron shop here in St. Louis. You need... Uh, Car stereos, alarms, security, remote starts, lighting, all that cool shit. Put us up. And, of course, if you're in Anchorage, Alaska, or anywhere in that area, you got to hit up John because they are fabulous. Thank you. And and, uh, I promised uh, Brian I would always pump this until it's done. So the Master Tech Expo happening uh, March 5th through 8th. If you're in the 12-volt industry and all that, definitely go check that out because – I was there last year. I know you were there. I think that was the last time I seen you in person. Yeah. But uh, it is an uh, absolutely amazing show. John T does some classes there. It is, uh, it's fabulous the way they've got that set up. So definitely check that out. Um, get your tickets now because shit is selling out. Keep it up with that. So get your hotels, get your tickets, and go check out the Master Tech Expo in Tempe in, uh, in March, beginning of March. And of course, like, share. Leave us a five-star review if you like the show and all that fun stuff. And also, John, I haven't asked you yet, where can people find you if they want to talk to you, um, see your see your stuff, see Perfectionist, all that stuff. Where can they find all that at? Oh, uh, yeah. So we have, uh, for Perfectionist, you got PerfectionistAutosound.com. Um, we're on Instagram under Perfectionist Autosound. And then SoundShield, you can go to SoundShieldUSA.com or SoundShield on Instagram. And, uh, you know, we're working on some YouTube stuff. We're going to we're really focusing a lot on video this year. So we're going to start changing up that things. But but, yeah, you can see all of our stuff there. My emails are on both of them. So you can email me anytime. I'm always always on the clock, like I said. So I'm pretty good at responding to people pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Brandon, I really appreciate the, the opportunity. It was, it was really good to be able to catch up with you finally. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. You're killing the show. I see people always talking really highly of it. So, man, good job on that. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do it. I know everybody's time is valuable. So, um, you know, taking a, a an hour or two out to jump on and do this when you definitely could be doing some other business stuff. I, I, I greatly appreciate it, sir. I am yeah. grateful. Hey, afternoon with my buddy is always good with me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, by the way, I'm working on a lot of video stuff and whatever this year as well. I may be hitting you up and talking to you and seeing what you guys are doing and vice versa. If I come up with something or whatever, I'll share back to you, but I'll uh, talk to you about that too. My man. I appreciate it, brother. All right. I appreciate you too. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks buddy. 
Thank you for tuning into the Business Cars and Cigars podcast. Make sure to share this with someone you know that can benefit from this content. Remember to support this show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing.